wonderful Savior. You're wonderful, Lord. You are almighty God. You are our Savior. You are our healer. Father God, I thank you. You're our deliverer. You're our redeemer. I thank you that you are our redeemer, kinsman, Lord God, that you are the one who's redeemed us from every curse of the law. I thank you, Lord, that you're our provider, that whatever we need, you are our source and you are our supply. I thank you, Father, that you are our breakthrough. You are the God who breaks us through, that there's nothing impossible with you. you your wonderful Savior, wonderful Lord, wonderful healer, wonderful provider, God. You are high and lifted up. We've come here tonight to exalt you, to lift you up, to magnify you, for you deserve all glory, all honor, all praise. You're the exalted one, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, God. We thank you for, for life. We thank you for breath. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that you've been doing in each and every one's life. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. I thank you, Father, that tonight is a night of your glory. Tonight is a night of breakthrough. Tonight is a night of joy and of peace. I thank you that whatever people need, that each one receives whatever it is they need from you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you are no respecter of persons, but you are a respecter of faith. And tonight as we hunger for you and we thirst for you, that you meet each and every person, that any shackle that's on their life tonight, they go free in Jesus' name. Anything that has held them back, it's broken off of them tonight, God, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you are our victory. You are our victory, and you're taking us from victory to victory. I thank you, Lord, that you're taking us from strength to strength. I thank you that tonight fresh strength is, is received in each person. They receive strength from heaven, that they rise up on the wings of eagles and soar, that you renew their youth, Father God, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that resurrection power flows through them, spirit, soul, and body, that their bodies are strengthened, Lord God. Their minds are renewed, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you come and have your will and have your way here tonight. We love you, Lord. Come and do whatever you want to do. Touch us, change us, rearrange us, Lord. Let us never be the same again. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may have a seat. Welcome here on this wonderful Wednesday night. We're now into November. Hallelujah. Can you believe it? Two more months. We only have two more months of 2022. And then we're going into 2023. Let's make the last two months the best two months of this entire year. That whatever you've been believing God for this year that has not come to pass, that has not manifested yet, that it would happen before this year is out. For God has good plans for you.
good plans. Good plans, good plans for you to go out stronger than you came in, that you end stronger, that you take territory, that you take ground, that God expands you on the inside so that he can expand you on the outside. Amen? That's when he receives glory. He's a good God. He, he took a hold of Abraham's life. And he kept adding to Abraham and adding to Abraham so that he continued to multiply and multiply, had more cattle, had, had more. His family grew. He went from having nothing to being the father of many nations. Why? Because things that are not of the impossible. We serve the God who says that call those things that are not as though they were. We, we, we serve the God who's, who spoke everything into existence. And then Jesus said, now I've given unto you all power and all authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, all the powers of the enemy. He said, I've given to you. You speak. You speak. You call those things that are not as though they are. You open your mouth. You prophesy. You bring it into existence. You know how many prophecies throughout the Old Testament were prophesying about the virgin birth of Jesus? And you go through the Old Testament, you see the Lord had to get it spoken out. It had to come and be spoken out so that it could happen. God's always looking for a vessel that will speak it out. So he puts things in your heart. He puts dreams in your heart. How do they come to pass? You have to believe it. You speak it. And you have to put action to it. You have to believe it. You have to speak it. And then you have to put action to it. If you never speak it, you're most likely never going to put action to it. You have to speak it. Call those things that are not as though they were. Use your tongue to prophesy. Use your tongue to speak forth the things the Lord has put in your heart. He said he gives you the desires of your heart. He puts those desires inside of you. And then we, we say, oh God, is that you? Is this you? Is it not you? If it's, if, if it's in line with his word, it is God. If it's good, it is God. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. If he put a desire in your heart to go to a certain nation, he's probably calling you there. God, is that you? Is it not you? Many people would not want to go to some nations. And you have a desire to go there. Why? Probably because God's calling you there. You have a desire to go there. If you had no desire, you don't want to do it, most likely that's not God because he's going to put a desire in you for it when it's time. He's going to give you the desires of your heart because he puts those desires inside of you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did anyone get anything out of Sunday's messages? Anyone get anything out of that? Amen. I, I was going to say, I, we, at least we got, we got one of the kids here. They got something out of it because the kids had to take notes. So, you know, they got something out of it. Amen. Amen. 
You can direct your life and where you're going by the words you speak. Your tongue is like the rudder on a ship. So choose your course. Where do you want to go? And then start directing your life there. Your tongue is your rudder of your ship. If you can bridle your tongue, you can control your life. You can control the whole man. You can direct where you're going. And don't try it. Do it. Some things happen instantly. Some things happen over a period of time. God spoke to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations, that he would have children, as many as the sand on the, the shore, as many as the stars in the sky. Yet, a year went by, a decade goes by, another decade goes by. But God spoke it. And it happened. And now, the Lord is coming quickly. So he's going to be speeding up the time frames of things. And we know things that people before us didn't know. We have access to the word of God. We have access in America. We are so blessed with not just access to a Bible, but we have all kinds of study tools, different versions so you can compare. And, you know, if you don't understand the English in this Bible, you can look up another translation and read the two side by side and, and let the Lord speak to you and bring out the truth of that word. When I go to some of these other nations in Africa or South America, they don't have the tools and the resources that we have. And yet they hunger and hang on any scripture that they can get. But we are so blessed that we are able to possess whatever God has for us if we will do our part. Many Christians don't want to do their part. They want to leave everything up to God. And then that's why they say it doesn't happen. And they're like, well, if God wills it, it will happen. Well, what does the Lord say? In the Bible, in Hebrews, in Hebrews, he says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith takes action. You cannot show your faith if you have no action. So is it just up to God? If God wants me to have this, then it will happen. No, you take a step. You, you, you do what God tells you to do. You apply the word of God. Into your life, you are a doer of the word. Many people know the word and they might have a knowledge of the word. But they're not walking out wisdom because of what is wisdom? Wisdom means that you're doing the word. Wisdom means you're applying the word to your life. You're not a hearer only. You actively are taking the word and now you're doing it. So when you read the word, one of my favorite scriptures, Joshua 1.8, he says, you observe to do, meditate on the word day and night so that you may observe to do. So when you read the Bible, you're always looking for, how do I do this? How do I do this? Because you're, um, it's impossible to please God without faith. If you're not doing it, you're not in faith. Faith is doing the word. And it's time for us to grow up in Christ, to come to our full stature of maturity in Christ. 
It's not enough to just be saved. It's not enough to just go to heaven for the Lord is coming back quickly and we need to rise up and be a mature body of Christ to face, to face this life, to conquer in this life, to spread the gospel. Jesus said, if you follow me, I will teach you how to fish men. What was Jesus' mission? He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. So he says, if you follow me, then you will also seek and save that which is lost. So every believer should be a soul winner. Every believer, it's not just about you making it to heaven, but how many people can you bring with you to heaven? How many? How many people are you going to say when you get to heaven? Because we can't bring anything from this world. No material items come with us to heaven. The only thing that you can bring with you are souls, other people, other souls that give their hearts and lives to Jesus. And not just to pray a prayer, but to be true disciples. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. You cannot say you love God and you do not obey his word. If you love God, then you observe the word to say, how do I do it? You read the Bible and you say, now I will do it because I love you, Lord. He says, if you love me, you obey me. Amen? Simple, simple. Okay, Lord, how do I do that? And if we're wrong in some area and we feel like the word's giving us a spanking, what do you do? Do you run and hide? Do you run and quit the church? No, you say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I haven't been doing that. I repent. And the word repent means I was going this way and I repented. So I stopped going this way. And I turn around and I go the exact opposite way to go in the way of God's word. So if you've missed it, God, forgive me. I repent. And you simply make the adjustment to do the word. Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, you're my teacher. Help me to do this word. And the Lord will help you. And each day as you walk with the Lord like this, he will make you stronger and stronger. Because when we are mature in Christ and you rise up to that full stature in him, you take your place where you know that you know you are seated in heavenly places far above, far above all power, all principalities. You're far above every sickness and disease. You're far above poverty. You're far above every curse. You are far above So that when some devil tries to come and mess with your life, you say, ha, 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 just try. Just try. Just even try. For you cannot curse what God has blessed. Just even try. Because it's going to smack me, turn around, and it's going to boomerang right back on you. It will be a return to sender. So we have to grow up. We have to grow up, be doers of the word. We have to grow up. We're not victims. 
We grow up. Take that word. The word is a sword. The word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word divides between soul and spirit and joint and marrow. This word, that's why you get to know this word. This word is a weapon. This word, when the devil came to Jesus and tried to tempt him, Jesus took up the sword of the word. And he said, it is written. It is written. Write the word on the tablet of your heart. Meditate on the word day and night. Put it before your eyes. Chew on it. Chew. Chew, chew, chew. Like the cow with the cud. Right, Mr. Craig? Something like that. Who's a cow expert here for us? Melvin, you're our cow expert. Wow. <laughs> How many stomachs does the cow have? How many fingers is that? Three or four? Three. Okay. So you got to keep digesting. You got to keep taking in this word. You got to keep taking, chew on it, tear it apart, put it back together again. Like if you were, uh, anyone here work on vehicles, you know, and oh, I got two kids up here. The kids, I tell you, these are really advanced kids um, up here. So you've got to, you got to take apart the car, you know, and then you learn all the parts and you put it back together again. And then you take it apart and you put it back together again. And the more times you take it all apart and you put it all back together again, you get to know all of the pieces and how they work so that if someone brings you just one piece, you know exactly what to do with it. You know exactly where it goes. You know exactly what its purpose is. When you take a scripture and you meditate on it, you take it apart, you put it back together, you take it apart, you put it back together until you understand how does this apply to me that this is mine, this is how I use it, this is what I'm doing with it, this is why it's going to help me overcome in life, this is why I'm going to be able to snatch other people out of hell because I've got this word on the inside of me. The devil doesn't care what you look like. If you're young or you're old, he doesn't care how educated you are. He doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care if you've got degrees hanging on the wall. But he cares about a believer who knows who they are in Christ. He is scared of the Christian, even the little three-year-old who knows who they are. A minister friend of mine, I watched their granddaughter. She was about three years old. And we were at a hotel going up the elevator. And I remember, you know, I, I, was, I was a Christian. I loved Jesus, went to Bible school. But I still hadn't worked out all these believers' authority. And, you know, I loved God and knew I have authority. But I knew it like that. I've got authority. Amen. I didn't know I have authority. And so we, the elevator door opens and there's a couple of guys on there that looked a little bit shady. And I'm nice, whatever, just like, oh, yuck. 
I can't believe we're going to get in the elevator with these guys, is what I'm thinking, but we'll get in the elevator, because you never know when's the next elevator coming. We're going to get in the elevator. And this little three-year-old girl looks at the guys, and she says, we'll take the next elevator. And I looked at her like, oh. And then the door closed and we were outside still. And it went on and I thought, this little girl is wiser than I am. This little three-year-old girl knew what to do with this situation. This little girl, we need to be wise. We need to be wise. Wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, bold as a lion gentle as a lamb. Don't let the world be wiser than you. Walk in the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of this world. Walk in the wisdom of God. Much of what the world calls wisdom is not wisdom. For, for the Lord said that he would um, use the foolish to confound the wise, that the foolish things of this world would confound the wise, because it's not the wisdom of this world. It's the wisdom of God. Amen? God has a plan. He knows exactly what to do with your life. He knows exactly how to take you from where you are currently at to what he's put in your heart and what he's called you to. Amen? <laughs> you got to get in the word. As you dive in the word, the word of God speaks to you. The word of God is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So when we're standing and we don't have light, that means we need to get in the word. If we can't see the step right around us, we need to get in the word. And the word will direct us. The Holy Ghost will speak to us through the word of God as we simply do What's in there? And you might say, well, this isn't the problem I'm dealing with. Well, you, you got to do that, that scripture anyways. You know, you're like, well, it doesn't matter. We need to be doers of the whole word from Genesis to Revelations, doers of the word, doers of the word. And as we do the written word of God, we hear God on the things that are not written. Move to this city take this job. You know, all the things that aren't in there. You, you, you know the voice of the Lord because he never contradicts the word. So when you spend time in the word, you know his voice. You learn his voice. My mom can call me on the phone. She doesn't have to say, hello, this is mom. I know her voice. She's my mom. I've spent time with her. I know her voice. Well, when you spend time in the word, you know his voice. And so when the Lord prompts you to do something, then you know that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Because you're following him. Amen? You know his voice if you're living in the word. If you're not living in the word, you got to get living in the word. Because you can't trust your flesh. But you can trust the word of God. Amen? And if your life is submitted to him, there have been times where I, I'd, like, I wanted to go to Bible school. And I was looking at a couple different Bible schools. So which Bible school do I go to? 
How do I know which one? I mean, they all look like they're pretty good. They're going to teach me a good word of God. And my pastor wants me to go to this one. But I know some people that went to that one. And then I have some friends down in Tampa telling me I need to go down there. And I'm like, so which one do I go to? And I was very indecisive because we want to hear some big, you know, voice, Gail, go to this school. But the Lord speaks to us with a still, small voice. When you spend time in his word, you know his voice. So, and confusion is not from God. So if you're confused, that's not from God. Take a step back. Peace is the umpire of your heart. So when you feel peace, you can move forward. When you feel confusion, you better back back up to where you had peace and then go back from there. So it's like I'm going through the maze. I get lost. I'm confused. So what do I do? I backtrack to the last point. I knew where I was in the maze. Now I can go, okay, okay, so that way was not good. I have this choice and this choice. Which one? Which one? And you follow the peace of God. So I remember there would be decisions I'd make, and sometimes I would just put myself in that decision. And I'd say, Lord, if I said yes to this, and I would just act like it. Now, if I say yes, and I would check my spirit man, do I have peace? Or, or does the inside of me like, oh, I don't like that. Oh. And, and I would then know that's not peace. I'm not doing that. I'm going to, okay, if I do this, I have peace. So I flew down to Tampa and I visited the school and I was, you know, trying to make a decision. And I remember when I was leaving, I got on the airplane and I sat there and I said, God, I don't know what to do. Now, meanwhile, when I was in Tampa, the Holy Ghost would hit me every day I was at school. I would just be totally hit by the Holy Ghost. You would think that to anybody normal, they would recognize that the Lord was speaking to them. But me, I was so in my head that I wasn't recognizing that this is like the Lord saying, come on, I'm in this. You're, you're getting smacked with the Holy Ghost every day that you're visiting the school. This is it. No, because I'm still in my head waiting for some big something. I don't know what. Tell me what to do. So I got on the airplane. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to say that I'm going to go here to the River Bible Institute and if you don't want me to go, then you're going to have to pull out every stop to stop me because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going there to go to school. And then all of a sudden, I was hit with the joy of the Lord. And I'm sitting there and the joy, because peace is the umpire of your heart. So if you have joy and you have peace, that's like confirmation that you're doing what God wants you to do. Because you, you feel, if it's good, let peace be the umpire of your heart. So I made that decision. You can train your spirit man. Now you kids, don't listen to this, okay? But when I, I went to get my real estate license at one point. I don't have it anymore, so don't ask me about real estate. But I was studying and I thought, this stuff is ridiculous. Every practice exam I took I was like failing it. I was like, this is so terrible. How come I can't even practice a 
pass a practice exam. And, um, you know, here the test date is coming up that I've got to go. So I went in for the test and they had it set up so you have to leave everything like you lock your purse you lock everything in a locker and then you go in this room with just you nothing you can't have a single thing with you and then you sit down at a computer screen and they log you in and then you sit down and take the exam and so I just knew god I have to pass this I have to pass this so now don't listen so I would pray I got to the questions I didn't know, and I said, Lord, I think it's like, it's B or C. Father, is it B? And I was like, do I feel peace? Is it C? Okay, it's C. It's C. I'm going to go with C. We're going with C. Get to the next question. Oh, oh boy, I don't know. It could be any four of these, any one of the four. A, peace, B. And then I narrow it down to two. Which ones do I have peace? Which ones do I have peace? Can you believe I walked out of the test? I passed. I passed. And I passed because the Holy Ghost helped me. He helped me pass the exam. Amen? The Holy Ghost will help you. If he'll help you with math, he'll help you with biology. He'll help you with a licensing test. He will help you with every aspect of life. And how much more will he help you with the word of God? The Holy Ghost is your helper. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. The Holy Ghost, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But he's here to help you. So grab the word. Eat the word. Get an appetite for the word. Be a doer of the word. And we'll take questions later, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Telling you, this is the, these two right here, the Holy crew, they do everything. They got their notes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> they got questions. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God's got good things. Hallelujah. John 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He says, I am the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Are you facing any challenges? Jesus is the way. Do you need a breakthrough? Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll make crooked paths straight. He is the way. He is the way. If you feel like you're facing an impossible situation, I want to tell you that Jesus is the way. If you feel like you're facing something in the natural, you've been believing God, and it looks like there's no way it could happen, Jesus is the way. There is a way. There is a way. Do not give up. Do not lose hope. Do not, do not let your faith linger in doubt. Do not go that way because Jesus is the way. He's the way maker. He's the way maker. He makes a way where there is no way. He takes what man says is impossible and he makes it possible. What have you been believing God for? What is it that this year you've been believing, you've been praying, you've been standing on the word, you've been believing God. I'm here tonight to tell you not to give up. 
Do not quit. Do not back down. When the devil wants you to quit and the devil wants you to back off, no, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. He is the way maker. Amen? Hallelujah. I am the way. It literally means I am the God of the breakthrough. I am the God of the breakthrough. He will make a way where there is no way. Anyone here still believe in God for some things before the year is out? Amen. Jesus is the way. Tonight is your night to grab some keys, to grab some truth. Tonight is your night to grab a hold of heaven because he has what you need right here tonight. Amen. You don't have to wait. Many times we hear it said, oh, wait, you, you have to wait. Sometimes there's some things you have to wait for, but there are other things you can have right now. And even the things you may wait in the natural for it to manifest like Abraham having Isaac, he had to first grab it in his spirit. He had to see it on the inside. That's why the Lord spoke to him and said, see all the sand? You're in a desert. See all the sand? Uh, 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 okay, well, I see as much as I can see. It might take a while to see it all, you know. And God was trying to get him to have a vision. That's the number of kids you're going to have. That's, that's the number. You're going to be the father of many nations. Hey, Abraham, can you see the stars? Do you see all the stars? Can you see them all? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see a lot. I see a lot of stars. Can you count them? No. No, 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 no. That's, that's how many kids you're going to have. That's your heritage. You're going to be the father of many nations. And he was trying to get Abraham to have a vision because if you can see it on the inside, you can see it on the outside. There is an evangelist who prayed for a woman who had, she, she couldn't see. Her eyes had dimmed, she couldn't see. And so when he prayed for her, he said, now tell me what you see. And she went to open her eyes and he said, I did not tell you to open your eyes. So she's, now tell me what you see. And she goes to open her, I, I told you not to open your eyes. I didn't ask you to open your eyes. What can you see? So then she tried to open her eyes again. He said, no, 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 no. I didn't tell you to open your eyes. Tell me what you see inside. Tell me how you see. Because if you can see with your eyes closed, if you can see it on the inside, you will see it on the outside. But if you can't have it in your spirit, you will never see it on the outside. So then she stood there for a while and he moved on. He prayed for some other people. And then she said, I got it. I got it. I can see. And he said, what do you see? And with her eyes closed, she started to explain all that she could see. And then he said, now open your eyes. And when she opened her eyes, she could see. Because she first saw it inside. That's why we take the word of God and we chew on it and we meditate on it. And you see the promise of God on the inside of you. What is it you're believing God for? When you close your eyes, can you see it done? Can you see it done? 
Can you see the problem solved? Can you see that you've crossed over? When you close your eyes, can you see it on the inside of you so that you can praise and thank? The Lord changed Abram and Sarai's name to Abraham and Sarah so that they had to now call each other, calling forth those things that are not as though they are. Hello, father of many nations. Good morning, mother of many nations. Father of many nations, what do you want for dinner? Mother of many nations, I'd like to have the chicken tonight. Oh, father of many nations, where do you think we should travel to this summer? Oh, mother of many nations, I'm thinking that we'll go here. The Lord changed their names so that they would be calling those things that are not as though they were. They had no children, yet they were calling forth mother of many nations, father of many nations. You have to speak it out. Be bold. Start speaking out and prophesying your future. Calling forth those things that are not as though they are. Speak forth your breakthrough. Speak forth your healing. Speak forth your provision. Do what God tells you to do. Be obedient to his word, but you must speak. Amen? Say, God's the God of the breakthrough. Breakthrough's coming to my house. I'm going to break through. Tonight's my night. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11:6 says, "But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him." So we have a responsibility in our breakthrough. We have our faith. We have a responsibility. If we want to see these things come to pass, we have to do something. We have to act on the word of God. Our faith, because it's impossible to please God without faith. So we have to apply our faith, use our faith. Amen? Let's take a look here at First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 14. All right, and in verse eight, now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all of Israel, all of the Philistines went up to search for David and David heard of it and went out against them. So that's how the devil works. David gets anointed as king. So he gets a victory. You get a victory in your life, and then what does the devil do? He comes after you with another attack. He doesn't give you a break. You just got a victory. And now here the devil comes and attacks you again. Many people, they're going through and they just had a victory. And so they're doing like the victory dance and they're sidetracked. And then the devil comes in. And because they're no longer being aware of what's going on around them, their feet get knocked out under them. And they think, what just happened? How was it? I was doing so well with God. And then all of a sudden, I'm knocked, my, my feet are knocked right up. Because the devil doesn't play fair. 
David just had a victory. He was just anointed king. And now here, the Philistines come and they're, gonna, they're, they're coming in for another attack. So what do you do? Is this when you say, that's it? This is just too hard. One attack and then another attack. Maybe I'm not called to do this. Maybe I'm not meant to have it. Then something else. Maybe I'm not supposed to be healed. Because every time I get a little bit, then something else comes. Because this is my lot in life. No. The devil wants you to think that failure is inevitable. That the promises are not obtainable. That you can't have what the word of God says you can have. But the devil's a liar. He's the father of lies and all he ever does is lie. You have the victory because you have the victor inside of you. You have the overcomer inside of you. You have the one who already conquered, already overcame. He already dragged the devil through the streets, making a public spectacle of him on the inside of you. Amen? You have the God of the breakthrough inside of you. You have the God who makes a way where there is no way on the inside of you. This is the time you say, uh-uh. Go ahead and give it your best shot. Because God came through for me last time, he's going to come through for me again. There is no way. That's why you recount the testimonies after testimonies. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. You know, when I first got saved, they were little things. I want a piece of gum. I have no money for gum. I was like, first year college student. I have nothing. I want a piece of gum. And all of a sudden I looked down. And there on the floor was this perfectly wrapped piece of gum. Oh, hallelujah. I wanted a piece of gum. And oh man, there's a piece of gum. Shaka taka. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to chew this gum. Never been to a concert. Here comes uh, Alvin Slaughter to town. He's going to do a big Christian concert at this church that seats like 10,000. They're going to record his latest album. And I'm thinking, I've never, ever been to anything like this before. And I don't say anything even out loud, just a desire in my heart. Oh, I'd love to go and get a good seat in this concert. We show up at the concert, and they tell us the ground floor is full. You can't go in down here. And so we have to go up into the balcony. If you can believe it, I'm walked all the way to the back row of the balcony, and my back is against the wall. Of the, I mean, I am in the last of the last row. And I still, everything's good on the outside, but inside of me I said, Lord, that's not a good seat. And then I went out to use the restroom. And when I was coming back in, there was a lady who, who recognized me. And she said, Gail, Gail, come in, come in down here on the front level. And I said, I can't. They told us it's all full. And she's like, no, come in, come in. So I was like, okay. And I go in and I go, well, where do I go? I don't know. Go find yourself a seat. So I start wandering. Finally find a seat somewhere in the middle section. And I sit there and I just start to worship. And then an usher comes up to me. Yeah. 
And he's like, would you like to come down to the front? We have a seat in the front row. So that I could go from the back row to the middle to the front row because I had a desire that I just wanted a good seat. And the Holy Ghost, without me, I didn't have to hint. I didn't have to tell anyone because the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. But when it looks impossible, then there's a way. So I grow in the Lord a little bit more. And I know when I wanted gum, God gave me gum. When I wanted a seat, God gave me a seat. So then when I'm praying to get into a school, I get in the school. When it comes to the job, well, I know you gave me the gum. You gave me the seat. You took care of the school. You're going to get me the job. Then you go to the next level. Now I need provision. Now I need healing. And each testimony builds on the last so that you start recrowning. Lord, you healed me of that sore throat. So now I know you're going to heal me of this sprained ankle. God, you healed the sore throat. You healed the sprained ankle. So now I've got a lump in my breast and I know you're going to take away that tumor. Now that I know that God did that, I know that nothing can come on me. And you start to build your faith. So you recount the testimonies of God. When it looks impossible, it is possible because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way maker. Jesus is the one that breaks down the walls when you feel like you're trapped with the enemy behind you and you've got the wall in front of you you've got the red sea in front of you and the lord says step forward what do you do without faith it's impossible to please god it looks like a raging sea step forward but wisdom says don't step into the middle of a sea the wisdom of God will confound the world. They will think that we are foolish because you don't step into a sea. You're going to drown in that sea. Faith pleases God. God said, step. The enemy's hot on your tail. There's, there's the impossibilities behind you, the things that want to consume you behind you. And it looks like there's nowhere to go in front of you, but God says, step. And as you step, you step on dry ground and you step again and there's dry ground and you step again and there's dry ground because he is the way. He is the way maker. He is the God of the breakthrough. What are you believing God for tonight? What do you believe in God for tonight? Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. But you need to tell God, what are you believing him for? What are you believing him for? What are you believing God for? Verse 9. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of, of Rephraim. And David inquired of God, saying... Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. When you're facing something impossible, you need the word of the Lord. David said, Lord, what do I do? Do I move forward? Are you going to give this to me? Or do we retreat? Like, are we going to get totally beaten? Do I, do I go forward with this? Lord, what do I do? So you need to hear from the Lord. And then you need to do what the Lord tells you to do. 
God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Don't make the judgment and decision with what you see with your eyes. For the just live by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We are a breed of faith people. That's why the devil doesn't know what to do with a believer. With a believer who believes the word, who firmly trusts and relies on God, the devil doesn't know what to do with you. He brings a threat and you say, no, no, not my portion. That's not my lot in life. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. That's my lot. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God asked God, or David asked God and God said, go. Just because you have attacks, it's not unusual for a believer to be challenged. But it is strange for a believer to be overcome by those challenges because we are designed to overcome. We are designed to take round. We are designed to overcome those challenges. You will face challenges because you're in this world, but you will overcome them because you are not of this world. You're an ambassador of Christ. You are of heaven. Heaven is your home. The kingdom of God is your family. You will face challenges, but you are equipped to overcome them. God has destined you to dominate over the problems of life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Is that helping anyone? Amen. And then in verse 11. So they went up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perazim, meaning the Lord of the breakthrough. David wanted to name the place the Lord of the breakthrough because every time he passed through there, he wanted to be reminded that whenever he faces an impossible situation, that God will make a way. God will make a way. So every time he went through there, he had a memorial built. He named the place. This is where God broke me through. When everything looked impossible, when it looked like we were going to go under, it look like we were going to fail, but this is where God broke us through. So every time he went through, his spirit was reminded. He was stirred up. I serve a good God, my God who has my back. He goes before me. He's behind me. He's all around me. He fights off my enemies for me. He fights the battle for you, but you have to stand you have to speak. You have to do what he tells you to do. And when you do what he tells you to do, he fights it for you. Just like when the Israelites had to go to Jericho. They had to do what the Lord told them. They were silent. They marched around the city. And as they were obedient to do what the Lord told them to do, those walls fell when they gave the shout. They didn't make the walls fall. They didn't have to push the walls over. They didn't have to do that. The Lord did that. The Lord knocked those walls over. The Lord is the one who caused them to go down. When the people gave the shout of praise to God, when we praise him, 
Because faith praises God. Praise is the voice of that victory because praise says, I see it on the inside of me. I see the thing I've been believing God for. Therefore, I praise him. Therefore, I sing, I dance, I shout, I rejoice because I count it done. Amen? We count it done. Hallelujah. So David built a memorial. You may have to build some memorials in your life where you remember the God of the breakthrough. When it looked all impossible, but you said, Lord, either either we, we go succeed or else, I don't know, there's no other option here. You know, you, you have to come through or you have to come through. That's what I told the Lord that year when I had the lump and there looked like it was impossible. I, I didn't have medical insurance. There was nothing. What was I to do? What was I to do? God, what is there to do? What is there to do? Either your word works or your word has to work because there's no other option. When you become determined that you only have a plan A, that God is your God of the breakthrough, there's no plan B. Your God is your source. He is your provider. You don't need to get loaded up in debt because you can believe God. He is the God of the breakthrough. As long as you have a plan B, you will always use plan B. But when you trust your plan A, when you trust that he is God, that he is the God who makes the way, then you won't need any plan B, C, or D because your word, the word of God works. Your God will never fail you. He is too faithful to fail. He will never fail you. He has never failed you. He has never let you down. And he's not gonna start now. You're breaking through. The God of breakthroughs coming into you tonight. It's coming into your life. He's breaking down some walls in your life. He's coming to your home. He's coming into your situation. The God of the breakthrough is breaking through in your life. Ha ha. Hallelujah. Romans 8:31. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? You have to understand that God is for you. God is good for you. He is for you. He fights your battles for you. God is for you. He's not against you. God has a good plan for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you for good, to give you a hope and a future and peace in your final outcome. Hallelujah. God has good plans for you. So just because you're getting attacked doesn't mean that you're outside the will of God. Just because you're getting attacked and you face a challenge doesn't mean you should quit or give up. Just because you got a report you didn't like doesn't mean it's time to retreat. Jesus is the way. God is for you. This is when you stand up and you say, I know who I am and I know to whom I belong. And I know that if God is for me, who can be against me? If I stand up for God, God stands up for me. If I stand up for his word, his word will stand up for me. 
like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, you must bow or you will die. Most of us aren't even facing that. We're not facing a situation that's like that. But yet many choose to retreat because they have a challenge in front of them. They have an attack in front of them and you don't wanna fight, fight. Fight, fight the good fight of faith. That's the fight you take. Your, your good fight of faith is getting on your knees before the Lord and saying, Lord, your word works and I'm gonna do business with you. God, your word works. Your word works. Your promises are yes and amen. I'm doing your word. I'm doing what you said so I can reap the benefits of it. And then you get up and you praise God and you thank God that you have the victory. You have the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's hop over to 1 Kings. He's the God of the breakthrough. 1 Kings chapter 17. Jesus is the way maker. If you'll be obedient to the word of God, then you will see the breakthroughs in your life. God's raising up a body of believers that grab, that, that, that will hang to the word, cling to the word. The Amplified Bible, many times, like in its amplification, says lean on, depend on, firmly rely upon the word of God. Like as a vital necessity that we are to be a breed of people that grab a hold of the word of God, that it's a vital necessity. I cannot make it without this word. If the word is our milk and the word is our meat, the word is our sustenance, too many Christians are failing in life because they're fasting from the word of God. They're staying away from the word of God when the word of God is a vital necessity. The word speaks. The word strengthens. 1 Kings 17, chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17, and verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, so this is Elijah, and there's a drought. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow down there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat of it and die. So God sent Elijah to this woman and this woman has dying on her brain. God said, go to this woman and she's gonna 
provide a breakthrough for you. Go to this woman and she's gonna provide a breakthrough for you. And he gets there and this woman's thinking about dying. Wouldn't be my ideal person that's gonna break me through. Thought I was going to somebody filled with, you know, faith and ready to conquer mountains. But she's thinking about dying. What does she have to do with a breakthrough? So God told Elijah to go to the woman, and he told her, she will sustain you. When God gives you something to do, he tells you what to do. We have to be obedient. The results are in our obedience. The willing and the obedient eat the good of the land, and it doesn't always make sense to the natural mind where he sends us or what he asks us to do. So Elijah reaches out to what so when Elijah reaches out to her she has very little. She says all I have is a little bit to make one last cake for my son and I to eat and to die. That's all that she has. She's in a situation herself. That's how God operates. Romans 4:17. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith shows the reality of what you're believing God for. Faith. That's why you've got to see it on the inside of you because then when you see it on the inside of you and it's real to you, you will see it on the outside. What you see first in your spirit will manifest on the outside. So Elijah heard the woman clearly. Elijah heard her say, I don't have much. He heard her say, all I have is this little bit to eat and then die. And what does Elijah do? In verse 14, for thus says the Lord of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord hath rain, sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke Um, which he spoke by Elijah. So she had a major breakthrough. But why was this a big thing? God spoke. So when we need a breakthrough, we need to hear from God. When we need a breakthrough, we need to know what the Lord is telling us to do. Then we need to obey. So we need to hear the Lord. We need to obey the Lord. Now, what was she told to do? She was told, make me a cake first. What was he doing? Elijah was speaking faith into her. She says, I don't have enough. All I have is enough for my son and I to die. So Elijah did not, he did not acknowledge that. 
he went ahead and he started to call what was not as though it were. He said, it, you make me a cake first. Then make a cake for your son and yourself. And when you do that, there will be enough. You will not run out. When you obey the word that the Lord is speaking through me, you will not run out. This word to her was very scary. She had to sow a significant seed. She had to sow a seed of breakthrough. Because when you want to break through, you have to sow a seed of breakthrough. And you say, well, why was her seed significant? What made her seed so significant? She only had enough flour and oil for one cake. She didn't have enough. She was going to make this and share it with her son. She took all she had. She took everything she had to sow it to, and feed the prophet first. Sometimes when you're believing God for a breakthrough, he's going to ask you to do something that's very scary, that's very uncomfortable. But if you only need a little breakthrough, well, then maybe you can sow a little seed. But if you need a ginormous breakthrough, then you sow a seed that's in accordance with what you're believing God for. She was preparing to die. There was nothing else. <laughs> Who wants a breakthrough? Who's believing God for a breakthrough? What's God speaking to you to do? What's he speaking to you to do? What's he speaking to you to do? Because he'll give you an action to take. He'll give you an action to take. And many times, that's also a seed that is sown. You need a breakthrough. And what realm do you need a breakthrough? There was a time I needed to know what direction to go in. I thought maybe I will quit the ministry. It wasn't going how I expected the ministry to go. There were other opportunities that were presenting themselves and I thought maybe I could go and I could do these other things. But yet inside of me, it grieved me to think that I would walk away from the ministry. But I couldn't see. I couldn't see it. I, I didn't know how this would work. So I went to the Lord and I, I was in a service and I told God, I said, I need to hear from you. I need to know what direction I'm going in my life. I need to know if I continue on this path or do I lay this down and say I missed it and I'm going to go and take one of these other opportunities. And so I took a significant seed. And for each of us, it may be different. But what I did is I had money saved up for a down payment on a house. It was money that I was going to use as my down payment so that I could get into a home. And I took the entire account. And I wrote out a check for the entire amount. My down payment that I wanted a house and I was believing God and I took the entire amount and I put that in the offering and I said, Lord, I must hear from you to know the direction of my life. That was it. That was everything. 
when I put that in the offering, songs plays, the offering song, everybody runs to the bathroom, puts their offering in, and we sing a song. By the time the song was finishing, the pastor started calling someone out, pray for this one, call someone out, pray for that one. And then I hear Gail, me. I go up and I receive the word of the Lord right then, within minutes of sowing the seed of I need to hear from you, Lord, that up to that point I hadn't heard clearly. And all of a sudden I get the word from the Lord. Well, pleased with you, this and this, this about where you had been. This is what you have done, but this is where God is going to take you. This is what God's going to do. And all of a sudden everything is clear. What breakthrough do you need? Whether it's in a decision, whether it's in your healing, whether it's in provision, in your family, in, in whatever, in relationships, in your emotions, what breakthrough do you need? What do you need to hear God fought with? Where is it that you want? What are you willing to do? God may speak to you to do something, and it's in your obedience that you get your breakthrough. That's in your obedience. The Lord is looking for people that will hear him and obey and not rationalize out in their mind what it is that God is speaking to them. Many people miss what God has for them because they're not willing to do what God asks them to do. But when you are obedient, God always has good in mind for you. He has good in mind for you. He has good in mind for you. I'll quit my job, go in the ministry. God has good in mind for you. He will bless you. You're not ever going backwards. You're going forward. God, it takes you from glory to glory. He doesn't take you and say, come and work for me and you're gonna be less off. You're gonna be poor. You're gonna be broke. No, if you will give your all in, in your job, and you will stand up and be a Christian, whatever it is, but you will be bold for the Lord and you will stand up for him. He will stand up for you every day. If you are a minister of the gospel, he will provide for you. He will take care of you. He is the best boss, the best father, the best provider, the best healer. He's the best doctor. Every other doctor out there is just practicing medicine, but he is the doctor. He is the healer. When you you come to him you need no other because he is the one true God his medicine's better than anything the doctor can give you his high is higher than any drug could ever give you everything you need is in him everything you need is in him he is El Shaddai he is the God of the breakthrough He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the breakthrough. But he wants to be put to the test. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But you please him when you obey him. 
About four years ago, I was planning a trip to Mozambique. I knew that I knew that I was supposed to go on my calendar. I knew this is where I'm supposed to go. Every other trip was like, okay, fine. But this one, I knew that God had something there in Mozambique, that there were divine appointments. I knew that I knew that I knew that that time I would spend there would be a time of breakthrough for the people. I knew it. And I was excited. I had about 10 months. I knew that all the money was going to come in, that I was going to go. We were going to do big things there in Mozambique. And, you know, I was really excited. The strange thing, money was coming in for everything else that year. Every other trip I had, you know, the next month we're going here. The ministry's going. Finances were all there. Then the next month, finances are there for everything that's going on. And I'm wanting to have a big little account for Mozambique so that I go to Mozambique and we're going to be able to go in and not just preach the gospel, but be a blessing to the people there. I wanted to be able to feed the people, bless the pastors, help their churches to grow. And I was like, God, I have to have more than just taking me there. And then we're like four months out and still no money for Mozambique, nothing. And then we're three months out. And I, I was, my faith was wavering a bit. I was starting to back off and, and wanting to shrink the vision because it wasn't coming in. And I didn't understand why it wasn't coming in. And I wasn't where I am today. So I'm sharing with you, we grow. We grow in our faith. We grow, we go from glory to glory. But I was operating in what I knew and I knew I was supposed to go, but I started withdrawing in the vision and that doesn't please God. It doesn't please him when you start shrinking. He, he says, don't back off. Don't shrink the vision. Instead, enlarge your faith. Instead, believe more. Instead, grab the word of God. Do not back off. Do not shrink down. Do not make it smaller. But instead, believe bigger. Believe for more. Stand on the word. Know that I will come through for you. I am the way. I am the way maker. I am the one who breaks through. So we came down to about two weeks before the trip. And now I'm really irritated because I still don't have an airplane ticket. I don't have the money for the airplane ticket because the airplane ticket was like $2,900. I still didn't have the $2,900 for the airplane ticket. And I have two weeks of meetings, preaching morning and night, already booked. And I, I got irritated and I said, God, what do I do? Because I'm not gonna go in debt. You are the one, you, you provide. You said in your word that, that, <laughs> that the, the, the soldier doesn't need to pay their own expenses to go to war, that the military takes care of it. So God, what do I do? You know, I, I'll call and I'll cancel everything, but I'm not gonna go over there. And if this is my flesh, either you made the way or I'm getting out of it because I'm not gonna to go and show faith because I'm proud. I would rather say I missed it and I'm not supposed to be there except that I know that I know I'm supposed to be there. That's why you need godly friends because if you have the wrong friends, 
They're going to tell you, yeah, you know what? Wait for another time. This probably just isn't the timing of God. And they'll speak doubt and unbelief into you. You don't need people around you that are going to speak doubt and unbelief. So I called a friend. She said, Gail, the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. They will not follow a stranger. She goes, you've probably prayed that prayer over yourself, right? Yep. She goes, well, you know God's voice. Never, ever doubt again that you know God's voice. I said, okay. And that was it. Hung up the phone. And I said, okay, God, I know your voice. You told me to go, and I know I'm supposed to be there. So, Lord, bring in the money from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I need the finances to come now. I said, Lord, this is your reputation on the line, not my reputation. This is your reputation on the line. I'm serving you. These are your people I'm going to. And I just put the demand on the word of God. And I got up the next morning, checked the bank account again, and oh, 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 there were deposits being made. There were deposits from people that had never given to the ministry ever before, hadn't given into the ministry. And all of a sudden I realized I can book the airplane ticket. So I booked the airplane ticket. I could get the visa. I got the visa. And then I called and I was talking with one of the pastors and he said, you know what? I have this group of pastors. Can you go to this other city. It's like 10 hours away on the bus. He's like, it's very remote, but we'll try to find a place that's decent for you to stay. We can probably get a nice tent and you could have your own tent. And I thought to myself, I'm a little white girl. I'm not really the camping type. I don't think it feels good and safe about me sleeping in a tent in some remote place of Africa where they probably don't have great cell phone towers and uh, no. So I asked him about these pastors. So we, uh, the Lord blessed and was able to pay to bus in. Um, I think it was like around, uh, I think it was like somewhere in the 20s. I forget now exactly my numbers, but somewhere in the 20s, pastors and their wives and then their kids that could come down for the conference so that they could come and sit in a whole week of meetings. And then when they were there, the Lord brought more provision so that we were able to pay for them, to feed them for the entire time, pray for their transportation to and from the meetings, and then going in to help with many other churches. So the Lord came through supernaturally, but I was at the place where it's a wall, there's a river, there's the Red Sea, in front of me. It feels like there's all the enemy behind me with his lies, his attack. You don't have enough. You're not really cold. Everything that makes you want to retreat and back off. But God says, don't back off. Move forward. Step forward. Believe greater. Stretch your faith. If you want to see the God of the breakthrough, you have to put your place yourself in a place where you activate your faith and then you do what he said you put the pressure on the word but you do what he says you sow where he says so you go where he says go you do what he says do you say what he tells you to say amen he's the god of the breakthrough he's the god of the breakthrough he's got breakthrough for you breakthrough God of the breakthrough, he's coming to your house.
He's coming to your situation. Amen. He's moving in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. Say, breakthroughs coming to my house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One of the other things. On our way, we need joy. You need joy. Many believers are missing out on some joy. You can't be stressed out, believe in God, because stressed is not faith. It's the opposite. It says, do not fret. Do not worry. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. It says, don't take care. You're not supposed to take care. Take care. No, don't take care. Don't take care. Don't even tell people take care. They're not supposed to take care. Cast all your cares on Jesus. No more taking cares. I don't take cares. Don't take cares. Cast them on Jesus. You need joy because you can't stand in faith if you don't have joy. If you don't have joy, you can't stand in faith. You need J-O-Y. You need some joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what Nehemiah says. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need joy. You need joy. You need joy. You need joy. Joy strengthens you. Joy strengthens you. A merry heart does good like medicine. Joy heals you. It strengthens you. And it keeps you in faith. It keeps you in the place of victory. It keeps you there. Because if, if, you, if you don't have joy, you, start, you, you can't be depressed and, ha, and, and be strong. When you start worrying, when you start saying, I've got the enemy, I've got the attack right up behind me, there's nowhere to move in front of me, and then you start panicking... There's no faith. There's no faith. There's no faith. So you need joy. You need joy. A merry heart does good like medicine. You enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. You enter his courts with praise. So to break through, you need some joy. You need some praise. You need joy. You need praise. God says he, he sits in the heavens and laughs. He laughs at the derision of men. He laughs. He laughs. He laughs at all the attacks that the enemy would send against you. He sits in the heavens and he laughs. The enemy doesn't like to be laughed at. So laugh at him. Laugh at him. Laugh at him. Laugh at his attack. Is that really your best shot? Seriously? Oh, really? Uh, that's, what, that's what you're going to try? Laugh at him. Laugh at him because you've got the victory. Laugh at him because you have the God of the breakthrough on your side. Laugh at him. Laugh at him. You sometimes have to stir yourself up in joy because you're about to overcome. 
When you know that you have the overcomer on the inside of you, you can rejoice. Because you read the end of the book, you can rejoice. The Lord says that you that, that, that he, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. So you can rejoice. The doctor says you're about to die. And you can go, ha, 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 that's a good one. Okay, I'll see you later. And go on with your life. Because by his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. Well, the devil meant for evil. God's turning it around for good. The devil's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. So you can laugh at him. You can laugh at him. You can, re you, you can rejoice. Rejoice with the Lord. Rejoice. James 1 in verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So when you have attacks that come your way, you can count it joy. You can count it joy. It doesn't mean that it is joy. He says you count it joy because it doesn't look like joy. It doesn't feel like joy. It's not a situation that normal people would joy in, but because you're a child of God, you count it joy and you go ahead and you decide I'm going to sit in the heavenly places with my father. I'm going to sit in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. I'm going to sit there with them. And if God is sitting in the heavens laughing I'm gonna get right up there next to him and look down at what he's laughing at and go <laughs> and you're gonna laugh and you're gonna laugh at the devil and laugh at the attack that he brings because you know that you're a doer of the word you know you're you're standing on the word of God and you watch him break you through amen thank you Jesus